Hello, everyone. My name is Edith, also known as the Lady E, and welcome to the Lady E Effect podcast. Um, I am really, really excited for today. We have so much to talk about, so you guys know how I am. We like to get right into it here. So first and foremost, thank you so much for coming. Um, Again, super, super excited about you know everything that we'll touch bases on today. So if you don't mind, let us know who you are, and you're welcome to share anything that you'd like the audience to know. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. My name is Deontay Smith. I am a social media manager. I have worked at places like ESPN, National Geographic, now at BET. And I am from Prince George's County, Maryland. I went to an HBCU, Lincoln University, the first degree granted HBCU. And I have moved around a little bit. And I'm back in PG County, and so I'm really glad to be here to talk about that journey. And, uh, oh, I can't forget, I'm married with two kids. I get in trouble if I forget to mention that. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, as you all can see, you know, we always love to bring um, the best of the best on our platform to just share super, super important um, areas of our lives. So, you know, there's always things that we can learn. I'm learning just as much as you are. So, you know, one of my first questions that I would like to touch bases on, um, you shared a lot, you know, social media is alive and growing. Um, it spreads like wildfire every day. It affects us all over the world. And um, that is amazing that that's one of your expertise. So if you would like to share with the audience your journey, um, especially being an alumni of Lincoln University, which Shout out to all of those that went, graduated, whether you graduated or not, for those that had the opportunity to attend Lincoln University, the first HBCU. I am in the Howard home. You know, we are Maryland uh, residents and, you know, we love us some Howard, but Lincoln comes first. So shout out to everyone that graduated, that has been serving people all around the world and had the blessing of going to that school. It's a very, very promising school. So if you'd like to touch bases on your journey, um, you know, starting off just as a young man growing up in Prince George's County and just how that journey was for you as you transitioned in college to where you are now professionally. Would you like to share with the audience just how that experience was for you? Yes, 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 yes. Sure, sure, sure. So growing up in Prince George's County, Maryland, um, for those that don't know, it's right outside Washington, D.C. It is a very black and beautiful place. And I honestly took it for granted. It wasn't until I went to college at Lincoln University, which is an HBCU, where I found out that I was rare in the fact that I had multiple black teachers or that I had a black doctor or that I had a black dentist or the fact that I knew a black doctor or I knew a black dentist. Um, so it wasn't until I went to college to realize how just how special this area that I grew up in really was. So that helped me gain a greater appreciation for um, my area where I come from, PG County. So the reason why I chose Lincoln University, I knew I was going to HBCU. Part of the greatness from this area is that so many people not only went to college, but a lot of people from this area went to HBCU. So I was very familiar with Hampton, Howard, Morehouse, Virginia State, Bowie State, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I knew I wanted to go to a HBCU. And my biggest 
thing at that time was to play college football. I I graduated with a 3-7 out of high school, so I had academic scholarships to a lot of different schools, but I chose Lincoln University to go with my friend and play on a football team, and I did play for four years. And while I was there, academics was the most important thing to me. Uh, I didn't necessarily want to go to the NFL, but I enjoyed competing and I enjoyed playing football. So while I was in school, I knew I wanted to become I knew I wanted to work at ESPN. Like that was my dream. So I joined, I did mass communications as a, a double major in print and broadcast journalism. I was the editor of the sports section of the newspaper. I interned as one of the uh communication interns for the sports department. I graduated with honors with a 3-4 GPA. Uh, and I was in the Mass Com Honor Society, all that stuff. Graduated 2012, couldn't get a job. Hmm. So I that is pretty common in the mass communication world for those that aren't familiar. It's not a job such as like accounting or uh other or IT where so many places need this type of uh profession. Mm-hmm. At the time, more and more newspapers, TV stations were kind of actually getting smaller and smaller. So I was talking to someone in HR and they explained to me that I needed to get more external internship experience. And I bring that up because Link University is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And because I play football, it was very hard for me to just travel 45 minutes to Baltimore to intern at a news station or a popular newspaper. So I took that advice and I went back to graduate school at American University in Washington, D.C. There I interned at the Washington Post in the fall and NBC4 in in their sports television department within one year. I graduated with a 3.6 in a journalism degree. Still couldn't get a job. Mm -hmm. So now I am learning... Uh, through talking to mentors, there's a thing called the freelance hustle that goes with a lot of mass communications. So I had to work multiple jobs. And at one point, I'm working like four to five different freelance part-time jobs. I'd go from my main job is at Hertz because bills had to be paid. Mm-hmm. But then right off, right when I get off six o'clock from Hertz, I would go to a newspaper where I would work like from 7 p.m. to midnight. Mm-hmm. Or another day I would work early morning Saturday shift, like uh, 3 a.m. to 7, 8 a.m. at a local new at a local uh, radio station. I'm sorry. And then on Friday nights, I would do sports commentary for a sports radio show. So now my resume looks completely different than what I did, what I had when I graduated in 2012 and from Lincoln University. I now have four real paying journalism jobs and I have a graduate degree. Uh, So things started to look up for me. I got my first job, my first full-time job in 2015 as a, uh, a sports reporter for online publication. And from there, the hardest thing is getting your first job. And then from there, each domino just continued to fall. I went to a thing called national association of black journalists. And I got, 
to meet hiring managers from every major TV station, newspaper you could think of. That's where I got my job at ESPN, and I started in 2016. And from there, it has been just a beautiful ride and journey. Wow. Um, that is so beautiful. Um, that is such a blessing. Um, wow. Where do I even begin? Um, you touched so many points. Um, I was also um, a commun communications major. I started off in psychology and I switched to communications because I definitely believe what we call psychology is really communications. Another conversation for another day. But <laughs> um, communications, you know, when God first created us, he started off with words, right? So communications, it has word, it has power. Um, again, it spreads like wildfire. It affects all of us. So, you know, there's power in our speech, what we say. Journalism is so powerful, you know, being able to capture a story and break it out, break it down from beginning, middle to end, you know, every detail, every part of the story is so important. So, you know, here on the Lady E Effect, we love sports, we love stories, we love commentary, we love just the journey of where someone or some type of creation started and just the development of the process. So you just even sharing that, especially like you said, um, something that is extremely important that you highlighted, you know, being in an area of mass communications, um, like you said, it's not accounting. It's not like being a doctor. It's a very different but necessary um, industry and area of practicing because it affects every type of industry. Just like if we want to talk about technology or like healthcare or mindset, you know, communications, it's so broad and wide, but it connects with every other form of studying and practicing and work that helps to replenish our communities. So thank you so much for highlighting that. Um, especially in all the ways that God used you to learn, pick up skill sets, develop. Um, you really touch bases on very important keys. You know, it's a process. Even if you graduate college, you know, you can graduate at the top of the class, et cetera. You know, a job is not always given to you. It's not even always available, even if you have the perfect resume to be able to start. So, you know, everybody starts somewhere. Everybody is able to learn, especially with what you just shared. It's a journey, you know, by the grace of God, you know, sooner or later we'll get into a new year. So that's something that, you know, was over 10 years ago. And there's still areas that as much as you've been able to accomplish, which it's so amazing, just even what you just shared um, and what you've been able to accomplish, you know, there's still areas that you can learn, you know, it's good that you also highlighted mentor, mentors. That's something that, you know, uh, guests before and just in general mentorship, you know, we are mentors, but we also need mentors. So it's important to know the value of how you can help support each other and help one another grow in addition to learning along the way. So um, we appreciate you sharing that because, you know, especially the home of, you know, the DMV, I love to say Chocolate City, you know, we're 90s born. So um, I literally remember it being Chocolate City and Prince George's County and just the beautiful, 
beautiful diversity of us as African-American people. I don't even like to just call us Black, you know, we're Africans first. So, you know, just the beautiful ways on our diversity of practicing, just in how you just displayed it, you know, is it's so necessary. So we appreciate you sharing that. Um, I definitely want to piggyback um, and ask you a question. We love sports. We love sports. So, you know, you are in the perfect place to talk about sports. Um, I can only imagine all the memories that you had playing football, having your um, expertise, experiences, being practitioned in the ESPN space. In terms of sports, I know there's a lot of memories, but if I could ask you if there's one memory that stands out to you that you like to share with the audience regarding that space, what would you like to share with us? Just as as me playing sports or more so me working at ESPN, just to be clear. Well, you're welcome to share a memory from both. But, you know, if there's anything that highlights in between that, it's up to you. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is. <laughs> so. At the end of sports, for me, my biggest memory is just the um, familial support that I had throughout and how that actually shaped kind of like my family and my belief system. Um, once I got to college, I was fortunate enough to go to school close enough to where I lived and grew up. So my mom would come to every game. And my grandmother, she had one of her legs amputated. So it was difficult for her to come, but she came to like quite a few games with my mother. And that's kind of the biggest memories to me is, is more so just doing things the right way, making them proud. You know, my grandmother is no longer with me, but... Mm -hmm. When she passed, there was like, she had a folder of all of the newspaper clippings from Lincoln that had my name in it. And it it breaks me, it puts a smile on my face to think about, but it also is one of the things that make you cry. I miss her. So that's probably my biggest sports memory. Just making her and my mom proud because they gave so much for me to get to college. And so I am a firm believer in making your ancestors and those who paid away for you proud. I believe in that. So I do things. I was always told you advance the family, you sacrifice for the next generation. And that's what they did for me. And that's what I continue to do for my kids or the younger people with me. Um, as far as ESPN, my biggest memories is how much HBCU content I get on television. Every time I get that done, that's a win for me. Um, and I always lead our Black History Month components. So uh, in 2017, I won Employee of the Month for creating a Black History Month package that went on TV. Um, in 2018... I created a Black History segment when I was working in social media. So I've gotten Lincoln University on TV. I've gotten Lincoln University on ESPN's social platforms. Like those type of things make my day. That's what it's all about. Being someone in the room, making a difference, and getting content that I feel 
is best for our community, our population. And so I'm doing my part in that realm. Amen. So um, first and foremost, uh, prayers and condolences to you and your family regarding your grandmother. Um, in most families, you know, the men and the women play the part. You know, the women, um, I came from a Nigerian Igbo family. All the women in my family are alphas. They're just as strong as the men, if not more in some cases where it's not always easy to be. So just even hearing how beautiful her spirit is and how that was a huge part of your development and growing process, of course, as well as your mom. And, you know, we're sharing sharing our love with her as well. Um, you know, a loss and grief is something that can be extremely challenging. Um, the blessing of the Lord is that, you know, when they do go home and they know the Lord, you know, they can rejoice with him. So I'm sure she is so proud of you. Um, for the man that, you know, God used her to help raise you to how you are now. And just a lot of the areas of, you know, that's so beautiful to know that she just was paying attention to you. She was present as best as she could, but just having so many of your blessings and accomplishments in a place that she just has, you know, sacred like that, that is such a beautiful memory. And we really appreciate you sharing that. Um, as well, you know, as sharing just how you can just grow and not even just the first HBCU, but you don't leave it behind. You know, you take the legacy of it and where God has given you the ability to practice, you know, you you put it on, on, on the showcase, the, the forefront. And that is super, super important, especially regarding a network like ESPN. So um, shout out to you. That's such a blessing to always implicate things in your family, things in your upgrowing, our culture, our community. That's what helps shapes us. You know, nobody raises anyone on their own. It takes the village, the community, and absolutely the family. So um, if I can shift a little bit, um, a little bit, family. Uh, we definitely got to talk about family. You know, this is always a family development network. Um, you are a father, you are a husband, as well as a son, a brother, I'm sure. So um, in terms of fatherhood and being a husband, um, what would you like to share um, with others in terms of what advice would you like to give in regards to husband and your role in that and how God plays the role in that, as well as something you would like to share in regards to fatherhood and just being the head of the household? It's a great question. That's a really good question. Um, I'll first start because it's a little easier to give fatherhood advice. Mm -hmm. My biggest piece of advice is um, to be present, to be present. Um, when you get, if you take a step back and you think about like your memories in life as a man, a boy growing up, typically if someone was present with you and you felt that it helped you in one way or another, whether they were perfect or not, because no one is perfect. Um, I think that goes a long way. It is no excuse to say I didn't, I didn't have the perfect male role model, so I can't be one. You would literally just do the reverse, which I mean by that is 
if you didn't have the male role model, you remember when you were eight and whatever you struggled with when you were eight. Keep that in mind. Use that, but just in the reverse, to help propel you uh, to be a better father, to be someone that can help their own seed. Because at the end of the day, you could either continue uh, the legacy of chaos or you can create the legacy of greatness. And I believe that, yes, it is tough growing up without having um, fathers in our lives. But at some point, you know, you need to be the change you want to see at the end of the day. And as far as husbands, you know, that's a great question because it, it really depends on a lot of different things, whether you got kids or not, whether you got uh, what type of job you have. But honestly, um, I think being present is also can apply to your wives as well. And what I mean by that is you can be at home, you can be with someone, but if you're not present with them, there grows emptiness, resentment, and things of that nature. Um, be quick. Be quick to apologize and admit when you're wrong, because at the end of the day, there's strength in that. There's there's growth in that. You're not going to always be 100% right. She's not going to always be 100% right. But if you open, if you consider yourself a leader, you set the tone. So saying you're sorry, um, saying I apologize and things of that nature always leads to you would hope uh, your your spouse saying the same thing. Um, what I've realized is marriage is like a mirror. You know, typically you kind of see things that, oh man, if this is how I'm treating you, it's no surprise that's how you're treating me. Mm. And let's see, the last thing is... uh. Oh man, tip of my tongue. I had it and I lost it. Uh, it's gonna come back to me. So we'll come back to that one. But those two things will really make a difference in household. And um, we talk about God. You know, pray. Like no one changes overnight, so you can't expect changes to be immediate. But if you continue to pray and you continue to take steps to uh, make yourself a better person. If your spouse is really the person that's uh, completing the rest of you, then she will naturally start to do things as well. Um, prayer is the key. Pray a lot. Pray often. Fine. I wake up and work out in the morning at 5 a.m. People say, why? Uh, one, that's the only quiet time I get to myself. So I... That's when I do most of my praying. That's when I do my workouts. That is when I do like some work because uh, I have a house of four, three other women. Well, one woman, two little girls. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of noise in here. And sometimes you just need quiet to kind of settle yourself, prepare yourself. And uh, that's helped me a lot as well. Yes, um, that is so amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. You touched so, 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 so many points. The one that stands out most in a marriage, in a relationship, whether it's two 
a romantic partner, you know, your children, your siblings, your parents, um, being present, being present, um, that statement alone has such a powerful impact on everyone because, you know, life, uh, it really is a precious gift from God. And as you said, pray without ceasing, no matter how difficult, no matter how impossible, no matter how challenging anything that God gives us the ability in life as far as experiences being exposed to, being present, praying, having that solid personal silence, you know, um, there's always something going on. There's music, there's entertainment, there's TV, there's there's noise somewhere. But a lot of times, you know, people hide by noise and they're not able to really confront, you know, the challenges or the different things that God, you know, wants us to. He didn't give us the power of fear, um, but he gave us the power of love. He gave us power. He gave us a sound mind. And when we learn how to exercise our authority as men, women, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, brothers, si sisters, even the children, and just being present, you don't realize how much of a driving force that is because you said it perfectly. There can be two people, they're in each other's presence, you know, there doesn't have to be distractions. But, you know, if that person is not spiritually, mentally, emotionally in your presence, present, you absolutely feel that loneliness. You feel that disconnection. You feel pain that is not intentional, but because the lack of the presence, especially when you're physically in front of someone is not there, you know, beyond spiritual ties, you know, we're, we're the body of Christ. So, you know, we feel each other's pains at times, even if we don't express it. And especially as husbands and wives and the way God made us and not the way we think our made, we made ourselves and what the world tells us, you know, the man was made first, the man was made first. And one of the things that God told us before he even created mankind is be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. So just even in things that we do as work or serving God's people is one thing, but when God blesses us with the ability to have a partner in him, because marriage is in the union of Christ, nothing else, because if it isn't, it's not going to ever stand tall or have the proper structure or foundation it needs to thrive because we thrive in our marriages. They're challenging, but we thrive in them. And, you know, you said the two perfect things, praying without ceasing and being present will absolutely allow the challenges to be overthrown by the victory of the love and what God has given us. So especially as a man, especially as a husband, especially as a father, that is so powerful because men have a lot of pressure. Um, men have a lot of pressure. Like you said, you know, just even being intentional about carrying the legacy of something that God put in your bloodline, you know, that's not something to take for granted, but you know, a lot of men carry a lot of heaviness, 
a lot of grief, a lot of brokenness, you know, there's a lot of generational curses and trauma that we have all been exposed to. So maybe if it didn't happen to us as personally or directly as maybe our mate or someone next to us, you know, their pain is our pain. Our pain is their pain. So when we learn how to be present, when we learn how to pray and just consistency, because just like in basketball or football or track and field, you know, how basketball and football is to you and others, that's how track and field was to me. So in sports, there's a lot of endurance and life lessons that we learned through wins and losses that really prolong us in this developmental process of what we call life. It is so important to practice, 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 but in the area of practicing, setting boundaries, disciplinary, these things come back to the word too. So we got to practice this as husbands, wives, parents, you know, those that are in a marriage, you know? So thank you for sharing that. And I would like to add uh, one thing that really helped Counseling, therapy. Um, so before we got married, we did premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our therapist also had individual sessions with us. And mm-hmm. there I was able to learn things about myself mm-hmm. because they ask so many questions and you're forced to sit and think about some of the things that you do and the reasons why you do them and why you think the way you do. And that helps. That helps all the things you just said about consistency, uh, determination. You start to figure things out and unpack trauma, like you mentioned, that leads to you being able if you're a solution-based person, if you can recognize the problem, then you can start to work on solutions. And as you start to work on solutions, that will always lead to resolutions. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, it helps with your family dynamic. Amen. You're absolutely, absolutely, absolutely right about that. Communications, praying, being present, but counseling counseling, counseling, counseling. I've had the blessing of having practicing um, experiences in areas of education, teaching, therapy, counseling, and I needed it just as much as I was giving it. So, you know, um, that was definitely something that I appreciate you highlighting because absolutely before you get married, or even when you're in a relationship, just in general, um, romantically, sibling-wise, therapy, counseling is so is so much of a necessity, especially now more than ever. We live in an amazing world. God definitely made an amazing world. Um, there's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of trauma. And there's people that are just moving in their trauma, whether they make money or have success. There's people that are hiding behind that. A lot of men and women that, you know, are traumatized or don't really know how to heal in terms of what God has for them and what needs to leave them behind as they move forward. So that is such an amazing point that you mentioned, because it's not just the counseling and the counsel of two people. You do need those individual counseling sessions because there are blind sides and blind spots that we all have. So when God brings the union of a man and a wife, becoming that husband and woman that are husbands and wives brought together, you know, a lot of times there could be demons, there could be some type of torment or just something that people don't even realize, you know, has an effect on them or maybe some grief that they haven't been able to heal from that, 
you know, a lot of times if someone is like sleepy, cranky or tired or not in the best type of, you know, mood, sometimes we may take out on, take it out on people that we love. It's not that we hate them. It's not that we're intentionally trying to be rude or mean, you know, when you have a lot going on, sometimes it can feel like you can't breathe. And, you know, the wife was made as that health meet that helped me to complete the husband, but the partnership and what God designed is so necessary to be aware of even before you become one, because marriage is becoming one. So, you know, having counseling, having therapy, individually as you do it collectively is a driving force that is one of the key missing things sometimes a lot of couples just do couples therapy alone but it is so important to have the individual and the couples therapy together so thank you for highlighting that um that will help a lot of people a lot of people there's a lot of beautiful and blessed marriages and shout out to all of the husbands and wives and families that are out there and, you know, it's important for us to have these conversations because, you know, like yourself, there's a lot of amazing men in this world that are fathers, husbands, brothers, sons, etc. But sometimes they don't, although they may have support, may not know how to fully express themselves. So having that area of support, having that area of counsel, the Lord teaches us that there's, there's, there's wisdom in seeking the proper counsel and therapeutic encounters can definitely heal our generation. So that is so important as a man, a son, a brother, a father, a husband, all of these areas are super critical. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I have about two more questions before we close out. Um, you know, manhood is something that we talk about a lot um, on our channel. Um, everything that you have mentioned so far connects back to that. So if you would like to share with the audience a message in regards to manhood, what would you like to share with us? Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I think okay. I said this earlier. It's okay. <laughs> Either change you want to see. Um, at the end of the day, a good leader, a good man, in my eyes, is someone that is not perfect, but is willing to try to better himself, his family, and sacrificing whatever is necessary for that. Like if you necessarily, if you want your family hypothetically to be better at X, Y, Z, be that, start that. Um, that's number one. And number two, just being careful with your words because words have power and being accountable. Like, do not say you're going to do something if you can't do it. It's okay if you can't do it and it's okay to ask for help, but be accountable. And when I say be careful with your words, I mean, like, if you don't need to say the meanest thing that comes to your mind. Like that does not help your children grow. That does not help your partner do whatever you're looking for them to do. Speak to them with love. And I'm guaranteeing you that flower will bloom much better than it would with hate. Amen. Um, you said that perfectly. 
love, um, accountability, um, honesty, transparency, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say. And for whatever reason, if the commitment that you originally wanted to make is not in effect at that time, that's okay. Life happens, you know. We face challenges that God allows us to face for various reasons, but, you know, love one another. That was also pretty much the first commandment, love one another. And love, it covers the multitude of sins. It heals us. It revives us. It replenishes us as we're dry and thirsty and we're having our first cup of fresh water. Love is what God stands for first, you know, and we were designed to be made in his image. So thank you for sharing that because, you know, as a man, everything you said is super important. You know, women, we want to be safe, loved, et cetera. And men do too, you know, men do too. It's not a one-way street. So how we speak to one another is very, very important. So thank you for that. And our last question. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have absolutely blessed us with so much wisdom and so much insight on things that especially men in today's world need to always keep in mind. I'm sure there's a line of conversations that you men have in regards to these topics all the time. But my final question to you is, if you had one statement for purpose, what would that be? One statement for purpose. Hmm. Shoot, I think, I mean, technically, be the change you want to see. Like, that is that is a statement about action. That is a statement about purpose. Um, if your purpose is, I want to help our community, do that. Now, there are multiple ways to do that, whether that's you being a basketball coach, whether that's you volunteering um, your time in other ways. But at the end of the day, be the change you want to see. If you want to see more uh, young black men um, becoming better with their words, start a local um, poetry group. Like you go to these middle schools, you put some flyers out, whether you start with three kids, five kids, if you're helping one child, you're helping a community because then that one child, like Tupac says, I may not change the world, but I can, oh, I didn't master the quote. I can change the mind that could then change the world. Like there's so many ways that you can do it, but you have to be the change that you want. Don't rely on anyone else. You do it. Amen. With that being said, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, this has been an amazing area of space to talk with you. You're always welcome for future, future, future um, times that you can just come and just bless us with your knowledge. Um, as of that, once again, you all, thank you so much for your time. You guys are welcome to come back and join us for future amazing conversations like this. Again, I'm Edith. This is the Lady E Effect. Thank you for your time. And you all have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>